Gap Year Universe. I'm Margo Brookfield. And I'm Julia Rogers. Welcome to Gap Year Radio, the show that brings you information and inspiration to plan a life-changing Gap Year adventure. So today on the pod, we welcome Ethan Knight, who is founder and executive director of the Gap Year Association. So Ethan is actually also a Gapper himself and actually founded a Gap Year program um, called Carpe Diem Education, which he directed until he formed GYA in 2012. So he's been working within the world of Gap Year since 1996, when he took his own Gap Year to India, Nepal, and Tibet. So a wealth of knowledge and experience to have on the pod today. Oh, big time. And Ethan has also spearheaded the growth of the Gap Year option through the Gap Year Association, or GYA as it's known. So if you are listening and you've heard of the Gap Year, a lot of it stems from Ethan's work over the past 10 years and um, a lot of other people too, but we'll get into that um, as well. <laughs> so, um, and Ethan and I have had a lot of opportunity to work together closely since I'm on the board of, of GYA and it's been a lot of fun. So I'm so excited to bring him on the pod today and we're going to talk about growth of the gap year movement, how it started, how COVID is shaping programming, and of course, where it's all headed. So Margo, anything else to add before we get started? If there's anyone that's got their finger on all of those pulses, it's Ethan. So um, certainly, you know, yeah, just excited to hear more about from a big picture perspective where things are right now. Awesome. Well, let's get started. Welcome, Ethan. How are you? I'm doing great. It's great to spend some time with you two. Thanks for this opportunity. Oh my gosh, of course. Absolutely. Long overdue. We're very excited to have you here. Definitely. We've been saving you for for a moment that we felt like your presence was needed on the podcast. Good. Well, it's been, I mean, it's been about a year of of pandemic. So um, um, I'm ready to lift my head. How about you two? Oh my gosh. (laughs) Tell me about it. Um, so, so Ethan, we're going to ease you into this conversation with just a little softball question, which is, what is your one sentence pitch for taking a gap year? <laughs> softball. Oh, I see. I see how you play. Um, 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 I honestly, like, it's, it's so funny because I've been doing this work for 20 years. I, I can present the gap year pretty darn solidly with zero prep time at this point in my career. And, and the best argument, one sentence for take a gap year, really, it's, it's why not? Um, um, seriously, it's, it's that simple. Just look at all of the metrics, do the pros and the cons. And, and inevitably, sort of the only reason not to is because you are so on fire about something specifically that you can do, then go do it. But otherwise, um, um, most of us, I mean, honestly, I, I, the way that I say it most consistently is um, most of us are probably, I think, spending a lot of our lives pursuing someone else's definition of success. And until we take the time to figure out what success means to us, I think it's inevitable that you'll fail at being successful because you're trying to live someone else's definition. So the sooner you can do that, and for most of us that's around this time of after high school when you're 18, you got a little bit of wherewithal, a little bit of stamina for the world, um, that's a great window to do it. Well done. It's like you it's like you know this topic or something. <laughs> <laughs> I know a guy. Yeah, totally. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh, I love that though, Ethan. I mean, that's so true just figuring out what success means to you. And yeah, something I think hopefully most students start to figure out and explore during their gap time. I was standing in front of a, a high school uh, a couple years ago and asked them sort of, you know, to the whole class, like how do you define success? Like what success mean to you? And it was crazy because for like, there was like a 30 second awkward pause inevitably, right? And then slowly people start sort of doing the money gesture with their hands. 
And like 80% of the class just put together that that was success, was money. But, but I always like to say sort of, okay, money isn't sort of the end destination. Money doesn't make you happy. The activities, the, the, the things that money creates make you happy. In that case, then, then money might not be the final destination. There might be a better way to get those things that may or may not be sort of money, money dependent. Um, you know, where does happiness come from? Big questions, right? Big oh questions. Gosh, I mean, and, and the older you get, the more you realize that time is really the ultimate currency. <laughs> yeah, yeah. God, it sounds so wise, Julia. I mean, seriously, it's so true. It is so true. Yeah. Right. Oh my gosh. And yeah, if you can find things that bring you joy and happiness that aren't tied to money somehow, whether it's an experience that, you know, can be created without money. I think yeah. that that for me at least takes a lot of you know any of that external pressure off if there's things that make you happy no matter what yeah. <laughs> outside of outside of um money but yes time is definitely something you need for that julia yeah. do you ever find when when you ever feel like like sort of the world is closing in you know when your anxiety's you know big and your stress is big that that inevitably those are products of of of, of sort of a lack of perspective and if anything, you know, perspective is created by, by experience, it's created by sort of awareness, it's created by, by conversations. And, and, you know, when you do the gap year well, I feel like largely what you're doing is, is you're banking so much additional perspective that, that sort of, you know, I don't know if you ever like stand outside and look at the stars or stand at, at the beach and look at the ocean and you just feel like so small but so big in it all. Um, um, I, that, that for me is, is just sort of quintessentially what a gap year does. It's about sort of that perspective lifting so that sort of you have a better sense of, of what's actually important. And, um, um, you know, the best part about that thing is, is, uh, life tends to sort of, you know, like, like the, the boundaries come in and, and I think sort of if, if we're doing this thing called life best, we're frankly, we're taking a gap year like every 10 or 20 years. It's just one of those things that it's like, give me an up periscope. Let me make sure that I'm choosing the right path ahead, not just stumbling in, you know, forward. Um, um, and inevitably, I think that will produce more, more success, more happiness, more joy. Um, you want to be around more people rather than like isolate yourself. Um, I mean, granted, again, we're coming out of the pandemic, so I'm a little bit, you know, gregarious, happy right now. But yeah, well, when you and also when you gain that perspective at such an early age, it allows you to make values driven decisions about what you do with your life. So mm -hmm. I think that that's I think that to just yeah. put a cherry on top of that, that, you know, sentiment, Ethan, I think that that you're totally right, that it, mm -hmm. all your decisions kind of come from the life that you want to lead and how else are you going to decide on that except getting out there and figuring out what, you know, what gets you excited. Yeah. So, yeah. I was having an interesting debate uh, recently with a former board member, actually, Julia. And, and, and one of the questions that, that came up was, um, um, it was sort of at its core, what does humankind want most? And, and my initial answer to the, to the conversation was, was ultimately people just want their lives to mean something. Um, um, and this other person said that, that from his perspective, ultimately, we all just want to be loved. I, I'm curious to, to bounce that question to each one of you. Totally non sequitur, out of the blue, big question, um, touche. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so wait, um, back what up. Is, yeah, the question what, what is. is the, what is the meaning of life? Is that what you're asking? <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, we have a half an hour, right? We're good. Lofty um, question. <laughs> um, no, like, like, what is what? Ultimately, at its core, what does mankind want most? What, what ultimately is probably wow. the the single most like large motivating factor in in the way that we behave, the things that we do, the the directions that guide us. And and for perspective, mine, my answer was ultimately mankind. Ultimately, we all just want to have our lives mean something. At the end of the day. You know, I, I don't want to sort of look backwards and be like, well, that was a blip on the radar. Did that matter to anybody? Did, did it impact anybody? Is it just a bunch of memories? Um, um, you know, sort of for me, that, that comes to like, how do you contribute to the world around you, right? There's, there's plenty of need. How do you contribute? Um, another perspective is, I think, a, a great perspective. Sort of ultimately, we all just want love. Um, um, sort of we want to love. We want to be loved. And that's the, the primary guiding sort of direction that, that, that humanity goes. Um, yeah. So again, big question, no wrong answers. Okay. Yeah. okay, okay. I think I think I understand what I believe based on the extra time that you just gave me by explaining it. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, well, it's funny because I grow. I my husband's a biologist, and um, I grow. I grew up around science a lot, and so I always kind of go to the evolution of mankind to answer some of these bigger questions. Mm -hmm. And I think that there's a piece of what you've said that I identify with, Ethan. But I also think that humans at their core uh, strive to live in community, in cooperative mm. community. Mm. And so I think that, you know, that does have to do with love, but it also has to do with, you know, that mutual um, leaning on each other. We're all interdependent. Mm. And what, is it, and it, what does it mean to understand your responsibility in the interdependence of your community, whether that's local, global, you know, there's so many ways to define that nowadays, but I think that that's what humans want. Nice. They want to be a part of that community. Nice. That's very similar to what came from top of mind for me too, Julia, in that, mm -hmm. yes, I think that love is a part of it. I think that meaning, having meaning in your life, as you were saying, Ethan, is so important. But what first came to my mind was just connection, whether that be human connection, as you mentioned, Julia, and the sense of community and being connected with other people and having, you know, friendships and love and care and and camaraderie and laughter and all those things, um, as well as connection with the earth and you know, the land that we live on or live off of or whatever it might be. Um, yeah, connection is what feels most most strongly to me right now, I think. Now watch me masterfully loop this back into our topic at hand. <laughs> Go for um, it. You got okay, it. Okay, because one of the things that I have been turning over in my mind over and over again as we get into this gap year season um, where so many students are ruminating on taking a gap year, deciding on taking a gap year, is that this year's class of seniors, class of 2021, has lost out on all of the normal opportunities to create those kinds of connections, to create the normal formative rites of passage that help you define who you are and help you define your place in, what, in your sense of self. And I think that that's my biggest argument for why students should be considering a gap year this year in particular, is to reclaim that, to kind of discover mm -hmm. um, who they are and to have the experiences that they may be lost out on or, the, or in a new way, you know. Um, instead of getting to play a sport, maybe you're doing something else. Instead of getting to do that extracurricular club or that summer program that you missed out on last year, there's so many things you could do with a gap year that could um, take that to the next level, you know what I mean? So that's what I've been thinking about a lot. And it does come down to regaining that sense of connection to your peers and the world around you. It seems like that's really what what youth have been screaming for is is connection for with peers. I mean, and and it makes sense at that age. You know, you're you're both in in sort of 
you know, learning to define yourself, you're picking who you are, like you're choosing some of who you are. And all of that is, it's, it's never done in a vacuum. It's always done in, in relationship. And so that, that, that makes a lot of sense. Um, it's an interesting time. I, I love that you, you framed it in that, that space of rites of passage, because I think that sort of there's, there's multiple layers of things that are happening on a good gap year. Um, um, sort of there's, there's almost like a spiritual layer. There's like a, a, a purpose orientation layer. And, and, and for this class, I, you know, especially so doubly so all of that, but there's also like a play layer just cause, you know, I felt mm -hmm. so cooped up and, and I need to go out and spread my wings. I mean, you know, it's, it, that's the age that you're supposed to be doing those things. Yeah. Everybody up. deserves fun this year. Mm. I just, I feel like we don't normally, sometimes we're like, these kids need to push their comfort zone and try new things and <laughs> figure out what they want to study in college or vocational school. And those things are all true this year, but there is that everybody needs some fun mm. <laughs> yeah and deserves everybody. it not just yes. gap year students not just gap year students obviously yes no i can't i can't wait to have some fun oh I'm my actually, gosh i know in in june i get to how's this for 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 a, a wonderful sort of circle is a former student of mine is getting married and i get to perform her her wedding ceremony as her officiant Aww. and so i'm going to do oh that in gosh. june down in california and turning it into a week or two long motorcycle trip Oh my That's God. That's awesome. So I'm getting my fun in. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. How special and how cool for you to be the person that she chose to, you know, be a part of that meaningful day. That's amazing. It's going to be a blast. It's going to be a blast. Um, it's always, it's going to be a little bit interesting though, because you know, when, when they're your student, you know, you've both had students and, and you get to know them so well, um, all of the ins and outs. And, and um, I'm really enjoying the, you know, writing all of these great sort of remarks, knowing sort of the growth that she's had over the course of her, her gap year. She actually ended up going to the South Pacific. Then she sort of doubled down and went to East Africa, which is, mm -hmm. you know, those are, those are worlds apart, literally. Um, and and um, she, she thrived in both cases. It was great. Oh that is so gosh. neat. Very cool. Well, I'd also like to just backtrack a moment here because I do think that for those, I know we've been throwing around Gap Year Association and GYA, and for some listeners, they might not exactly know what that is. So Ethan, wondering if you can explain what GYA is and who it serves, just a little bit of background um, to frame that conversation too. Yeah, totally. I guess, yeah, we should have probably started there. Um, <laughs> no, no. I think um, we drew everyone in with our masterful philosophical, like, you know, hundred percent so, purpose of no, life questions. Is, yeah, yeah we're, we're giving now we're going to give them the you know the meat great um, <laughs> yes <laughs> well get ready folks here comes the meat um, <laughs> um, um no so the gap year association it's a public benefit nonprofit membership association that's a mouthful but basically what it is is is, is we're committed to not making money um, but we're really committed to, to growing the gap year movement. Um, and so, so the work that we do, I like to say it, it fits most firmly into four sort of pillars. So, so one is about um, um, resources. So just fundamentally, if you're new to the gap year, frankly, most students who take a gap year, I understand at some point interface with our website. Um, just because it's a, it's a bevy of resources, you know, planning guides, um, um, contact with alumni, other peers. Um, there's some new things coming out in terms of um, um, student peer-to-peer -peer conversations that are starting to get facilitated through a new website. I'm sure we're going to get into that. 
Um, so resources are a big part of it. Um, access is a huge part for us. Um, um, through our, we have a relationship with Portland State University so that our accredited program providers are able to offer college credit and access um, um, 529 funds. We're, we're trying to open the door to FAFSA, but in the meanwhile, what we do is uh, um, our community gave away more than $5 million last year in mostly needs-based aid. You tend to typically have to ask for it. Um, um, because they want programs to be sort of the right fit principally. But um, um, so access is a huge part of us. We've got a huge financial aid webpage on our website. Um, we're trying to make it as, as available and accessible to as many people as possible. And so um, on our website right now, we actually even have gap year programs that will pay you. Um, AmeriCorps is leaning into the gap year term. So, so, so we're right at the front edge of a pretty big swell, it feels like. Um, and then the other two areas are um, um, uh, research, which is obviously really important. We got to know what it is that we're talking about. So every five years, we seem to be doing some sort of massive gap year alumni survey. Um, and then every year, we do a state of the field survey. So we just got to know what's what. Um, um, on our board is actually also Bob Claggett, who's leading something called the Gap Year Research Consortium at Colorado College. Lest you think that the colleges didn't care, they really, really do. So they're all lining up to do that research, too. And then um, the last and probably, you know, in some ways most significant piece of what we do is in the standards and accreditation realm. And so we, we are what's known as a standards development organization, which means we're regulated by the U.S. Department of Justice. Mom and dad, I hope that makes you feel more comfortable. Um, but being regulated by the U.S. Department of Justice means that we, we have to have a robust set of standards. And so those standards are revisited regularly every three to four years at this pace and, and come to by a, a broad, diverse group of gap year experts. Um, and so now the application process to be a, an accredited provider, it's a 65-page application. Um, I, I'm sorry, not sorry to the programs, just, just what, it, what it takes to do it well. Um, and we also get to do that with gap year consultants. And so um, happily, I know that that's, that's, that's a hat both of you wear as accredited members of the gap year association. Uh, thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> you make us better every day, Ethan. <laughs> ah, shucks. Ah, shucks. <laughs> and, you know, Ethan, one, you mentioned AmeriCorps and the kind of growing relationship between the gap year movement and specifically GYA and AmeriCorps. Um, and I don't think a lot of gap year or potential gap year students know that they're eligible for AmeriCorps programs. I think they think of that as something that older students do sometimes or um, that they just don't have all that information. But um, through the latest stimulus package, um, AmeriCorps got a billion dollars. So I'm curious if you think that that's going to filter down into more availability for programming that gap year students can tap into or if you have any have you been talking to anybody who has any sense about how that might affect enrollment in the coming year or two yeah yeah I, I, i'm i'm I, I literally have goosebumps right now I, i'm kidding I know, right? I kid you not <laughs> um i know a billion that's with a b right um yeah um Ameri when 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 the pandemic first hit americorps was really smart um, um and this was you know frankly even under the trump administration some of their higher ups went back to congress they really sort of you know pulled their arms in to make the circle go faster for those of you that like to spin in your office chairs and what they did was they went back to senate and said we need a lot more funding because there's all there's going to be more need out there 
Um, we know that youth are, are heavily impacted right now. There's tons of mental health challenges that are ahead, but there's also a ton of need. And so if we can sort of, you know, pivot that energy towards something that's giving back to the community, so, then so be it. So yeah, you're absolutely right. So, so a couple big changes. One is AmeriCorps has fully leaned into the terminology of gap years. So if you look on their website, you'll find gap year as a terminology that's used fairly regularly. And so what that does is it's, it's, it's pumping up this notion. It's, it's, I created this term recently, credibilizing. It's, I, I make up words all the time. <laughs> it's credibilizing sort of really service years and experiential learning that, that sort of there's this, there's this really sort of significant time that's happening for a young person, both developmentally, but also in terms of like, like their energy, their stamina, their desire to lift their head and go into community. Um, and contribute. And so, so, you know, the three flagship programs, and there's literally hundreds, probably thousands of AmeriCorps grantees, but for those that sort of are, are graduating from high school and want to lift their head to a gap year, you know, City Year is a great option. NCCC, um, um, a lot of the conservation cores are great options. Um, Vista is, even is available for high school graduates, Volunteers in Service to America, where you're sort of dedicating 10 months, I believe, with a, um, a nonprofit helping them out. Um, and that's just the tip of the iceberg because um, um, there's a lot of grantees, like I said. So you could do Northwest Youth Corps. They pay like $300 a week to be outdoors contributing. Um, and, and the rumors are that Biden's building a climate core, which for those of us that have our pulse on, on climate change, I'm, I'm exceedingly happy about this. Um, um, it's only you know 10 years too late, but um, better late than never. And, and quite frankly, what I keep hearing from youth in the college environment is, is that climate change is where a lot of their perspective is sort of most focused. So I'm really excited because I think there's going to be this sort of, you know, swell of youth participation. It's going to be both the rites of passage. It's also going to be one of those core questions, you know, 20 years from now where it's like, what did you do for your service here? Um, um, because I just feel like it, 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 it's, you know, if we're looking at sort of like, like the need in climate change terms, but also the need in cultural terms, right, to be shoulder to shoulder with someone who's equally affected by something going on, and you realize that red state, blue state, purple state, whatever your politics, there's some shared, shared, some shared issues that we all have to tackle that we can't do if we say sort of, you know, split like we have been. Um, so that's where I'm really excited is, is sort of the, the potential that's out there to not only shift the needle on climate, but also culture. I was curious, I heard you mention this Climate Corps earlier, Ethan, and do you have, like, is this going to be a branch of AmeriCorps or do you have any more information about what that might look like or what student, as, you know, a person might do on a Climate Corps, you know, stint? Yeah. Um, are you familiar with the terms adaptation and mitigation from climate change I believe so, but... Yeah, maybe. <laughs> so, so broadly speaking, um, when it comes to adaptation, that's sort of like saying, you know, like, like it. What if we stop producing carbon right now? It's going to take, you know, twenty to forty years for the impacts to sort of reverse, or, or to, you know, to stop and then hopefully reverse, because it just takes that long for the atmosphere to sort of, you know, like, like cannibalize all of the carbon that's out there. Um, um, and then mitigation is, is really, it's like, it's like stopping the climate, stopping the CO2 from going out to the ecosystem in the first place. And so what I understand as the primary focus is that they're going to be sort of focused on adaptation. Um, I'm trying to do sort of like, like conservation core projects 
where you're, you know, uh, reinforcing stream banks, reinforcing, you know, uh, uh, sort of sandbars, things that that sort of will preserve infrastructure. Um, so that sort of, you know, the bad weather, the inclement weather, the extreme weather events that that have been plaguing us, as they get worse, we're better able to 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 buffer them. Um, I'm not sure what's going to happen on the mitigation front. I know that sort of a former colleague of mine is in New York City. She's an AmeriCorps grantee. She runs an organization called Green City Force. Um, and, and their whole vision is to go in and do the mitigation front. So they, they, they contract with, with youth volunteers. They give them um, a stipend through AmeriCorps. And then those youth are trained on how to go into office environments and do full sort of assessments of that office and sort of say, okay, here's what your carbon footprint is. Here's what your energy costs are. So they're trying to do it in a capitalistic sense and then sort of go through and do a full assessment and say, if we can give you free, free LED light bulbs, if we can do these kinds of things, change these elements over, you'll save this much money and reduce your carbon footprint by 50%. So it's, it's really going to be sort of everything under the sun to my awareness, but my, my, focus, my, my understanding is that they're going to focus more on the adaptation. So getting youth like physically on their, you know, on, on the ground, hands in the soil, that kind of work, which, which quite happily is, is I think, sort of, it, it, it translates best for the gap year, you know, age range. Does that, does that sound right? It sounds great. I, yeah. I hadn't heard much about it, but that does, it sounds, it sounds similar to what FEMA Corps is currently doing. So it sounds like it'll be mm -hmm. kind of a mix of, of some of these like NCCC and, and FEMA Corps activities, but with a different lens. Exactly. There, there's, yeah. my understanding is just conversation around, so most of the, the, the national cores are done where everybody sort of does the same program. Um, there, there is some element, however, um, regionally speaking, where the climate core folks are thinking about how can we tap into more regional core bodies. So rather than have some sort of national body who's, you know, dictating what should and shouldn't happen, um, um, the regional community cores will, will sort of be the expression for the climate core, probably with some national overlays so that, it, you know, in essence, you can stay in your region and support your region's economy and sort of climate needs. Um, or you could travel to a different part of the mm -hmm. country. Oh, so cool. Oh, gosh, yeah, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. I'm really excited for where it's all yeah. going to go. I mean, honestly, this is the, this is the big part for, for gap years, right? Most of us are, are jet setters. And, and we don't have a good enough answer for our carbon footprints yet. And so, um, um, you know, there's some really smart things happen, happening last year, maybe the year before. One organization donated enough money to cover the, the entire carbon footprint for all of their programming, which was huge. Um, um, let's see if we can double that next year. I mean, um, that'd be great. Like, let's sort of make that a, 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 an organizational goal. How's that sound? I think that sounds great. Are you gonna are you gonna hold our, our feet to the fire on that, Ethan? <laughs> um, um, I will do my best, honestly. If 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 the national body doesn't do it, it's not going to happen. I think that's what we keep right. hearing from, you know, the 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 U.S. side of things is it's such a big problem that even if we all decided to start biking one day, um, um, it, it it would still take an order of government in order to to mm -hmm. to, to mobilize at the scale that mm -hmm. we have to. Yeah. Okay, let's talk um, about something fun now. I'm depressed. Okay, all right. We're, okay, so yeah, we, now so that was the vegetables. Now let's have some. Let's have some dessert. Um, there we go. I like it. I like it. <laughs> okay, so you know, Ethan, one of the cool things about your story is that you really bring all those different like life experiences to the conversation because you were a gapper and then you worked for a gap year program and then you started a gap year program and then you started the association that governs and builds the gap year you know programming and movement. So. 
what have these different roles taught you about the benefits of a gap year? I mean, I think that the only, I think the longer that one stays in this industry, the the more you believe in the work and the, and mm. the possibility of this time, but like mm-hmm. how have those different stages informed your own perspective on, on things? Oh gosh. Um, big question. And I love it. Um, that's a, that's a two goosebumps. Wow. You have two goosebumps, um, um, in our half an hour. That's, those are good questions <laughs> then. Um, that must mean we're on the right track. Um, well sort of in, in just sort of to, to, to walk around the block real quickly here. Um, um, my career first started, I took a gap year after my freshman year. So not even a traditional gap year. I was a depressed kid, totally not certain about what I wanted from life. And so I totally went out and, 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 cast myself to Indian Apollo and Tibet for seven months. In those seven months, I did everything from trek the end of Porna Circuit, three weeks nonstop, um, um, might meditate for 10 hours a day in um, silent meditation for 10 days, lived in a thatched hut for, for, for a month during monsoon season. Um, I, I banked a lot of experiences. Then I came back, uh, did a study abroad, graduated from college, um, and then I started working for, for Leap Now, um, um, my first gap year organization after being a gapper myself. Um, um, I sometimes joke that I'm the, the hair club for men guy for gap years. Um, if you I get was, that joke. Then that's you... my Ethan Knight bingo card. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I knew just you were going to mention myself. that one. It had to come <laughs> out. It had to come out. Um, but then I, I ended up sort of leading groups in the field. And so I got to see what that work is. And I did that for two years straight um, um, through Central America, through Indonesia, through India, um, and got to see sort of the, the challenges of, of, of youth in the field. Um, came back, lifted my head, ran programs, did all the hiring, started my own organization, started a nonprofit, started a two-year experiential college, started a youth hostel, um, did Gap Year Association. Um, my better half would, would call me um, um, an afflicted uh, serial entrepreneur. I'm just <laughs> doing me. Um, all of it said sort of, I, I guess for me, um, now, now I'm sort of struggling to like put all of that to a head. Um, um, truthfully, I think the gap year, that perspective, um, here's, I think how I come back to it. It's, we like to think about our, our world as a, as a one size fits all. Everybody can sort of engage with things. There's a recipe for it. If not, I can watch a 20 minute YouTube, maybe pretty realistically a five minute YouTube and I'm good to go. Um, um, the gap year isn't that. The gap year is not a one-size-fits-all. It's a choose-your-own-adventure through and through. And the more that you try and think about it as a one-size-fits-all, I just feel like the more you're leaving gold on the table. Um, that's totally mm-hmm. an Ethanism, leaving gold on the table. It really should be about sort of individual sort of, you know, explorations. Um, um, as a one-size-fits-all, um, um, we all have the same experience and we all walk out changed in the same way. As a choose-your-own-adventure, um, you get to choose where you want to grow. Um, um, what are your life lessons that you feel like you need to learn? You know, usually when I'm doing a conversation with a student, one of my first questions is, you know, like, like, what do you want to get out of this experience? And and very rarely do they actually have an answer. And that's a great place to start because I get to pepper them with questions. And we start to understand sort of where are they overdeveloped, right? Where are they underdeveloped? Where do they want to develop? And where are they just curious? What What gets them excited? And then you start to build a really beautiful roadmap for sort of a bunch of benchmarks, like things that you can do, experiences you can bank, um, perspectives you can add to your own. Um, um, sometimes I think about the uh, sort of like like if enlightenment is looking at a globe from all of the 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 the, the 
infinite perspectives all at the same time. The reality of most of us look at a globe from a very narrow set of perspectives, sort of like drawing a circle over the globe that's maybe a, a, a hundredth of its size. That's the, 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 the embankment that most of us have to have for experiences on our lifetime. And a good gap year, you get to see so much more of the globe. And that's why it cultivates empathy. You, you start to see the world through others' eyes. Um, that rites of passage, it's, it's about sort of who you are, what do you get excited to do, um, how do you contribute, it's that ikigai, right? Like, I mean, mm -hmm. like when it's really done well, it's, you know, you're, 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 you're on fire for a future that, that you can see and hopefully one that, that benefits others. Um, um, because I think you're absolutely right, Julie, you know, you, you said that word, we're interdependent. We are more interdependent on this planet than we ever have been before. And yet we know our neighbors less well than we ever have before. So I think that that says that there's some there's some space that we have to make up in in terms of culture. And again, that's why the, you know the gap year has done well. Like you're bridging culture, um, um, and so much more um, um, when it really is done well. Yeah, agreed. And I think that that getting out of your bubble sensibility is super crucial to I think the uh, you know the foundation of a good gap year. But it also doesn't mean necessarily that you need to go to Tibet to have the ten day met, you know silent meditation retreat. You know, I think that. A lot of that is going out, you know, of the community you grew up in, the school, yeah. into a different area of town, into a different area of your state. You know, I think that that's something that we've seen a lot of this year that we'll we'll talk about in a little bit, too, yeah. is that it's just about getting out of your own head. It's yeah. not necessarily about going halfway around the world if that doesn't make sense for you. Mm -hmm. And I think that's something that we all, you know, in the gap year industry know and believe in as well. But sometimes, sometimes that gets lost in the, in the <laughs> ideation of what a gap year can be, right? It's just, it's just so, you know, so enticing, you know, travel around the globe and see these great cultures. Yes, that's a great experience, but I'm so glad you brought that up. You can have a cross-cultural, profoundly life-affirming experience going from New York City to Louisiana or going from California to Alaska. Um, um, or even, you know, frankly, volunteering in a, in a town that's not too far away. It, like, as a choose-your-own-adventure, you know, I think one of the cardinal rules for any educator is meet each student where they're at. And so if you're not ready to go to, you know, Budapest, don't go to Budapest. Um, you know, it needs to be affirming for you. It has to be sort of, um, 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 you know, iterative, right? I think that's one of the things that we keep hearing about Gen Z is, you know, they're not the generation that's going to shoot the moon. And, you know, if I, if I, if I shoot the stars and I only hit the moon, that's great. Um, um, that's a great sort of way to be, but um, um, that's just not the way most of us are. So um, I'm really glad you said that, Julia. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, and I found, I feel like this year, if nothing else, has taught all of us to kind of slow down. And maybe for those of us in this industry who are used to traveling a lot, be it for the gap year fairs in January and February, or, you know, traveling abroad for various reasons or whatever to, you know, the whole world has had to slow down and kind of reflect and figure out how to obtain a micro adventure here and there in the midst of this pandemic or um, fulfill some of those things. Yes, maybe closer to home and maybe it's not even traveling all that far at all to have those enlightening experiences you mentioned. And I think that's been a, at least for me personally, a really big takeaway from this last year. Nice. Yeah, it makes a yeah. lot of sense. Makes a lot of sense. Totally. And I guess, yeah, speaking of this last year, um, you know, <laughs> obviously, Ethan, I'm sure you've had your finger on the pulse just in terms of the many trends that have come from this past, this year of pandemic. And, you know, a year ago, programs and counselors 
we're trying to figure out how to serve these COVID gappers this past year. And I think all of us, all three of us can speak to that in very different ways. But what did you notice most of all this past year in terms of maybe how the gap year industry has risen to meet the needs of COVID affected gap year students or yeah, just the trends you've experienced this past year? Yeah, yeah. I think one of the things that I found most affirming in this past time has been um, the way, broadly speaking, that the gap year community, uh, they could have irresponsibly just started traveling. Um, you know, I think there was a desire from a lot of us to say, you know, well, let's just get back to programming. But but the 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 constant, and I really have to applaud the community for this, the constant refrain coming from them was was yes, but we want to be respectful to the to the locals that we are sort of visiting. Um, um, it's 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 sort of not to say that the that the entire focus is on our students, but sort of the outcomes. The only way that they happen when they're done well is is when all parties sort of walk away saying saying I'm better for that experience. Um, um, and that means our students, that means the staff, but that also means um, the local hosts. And so staffing, I mean, honestly, y'all who have done actual programming, this has been a year of heroism. Um, um, just in, in terms of the amount of time it's taken to, to be, be cautious, to be smart, to communicate, to um, be adaptive. I mean, you know, at, at any given time that any program was out, any state or country could have said, um, um, and, and in some cases they, they did, um, um, you have one week's notice, we're closing the country, or, or all of a sudden now you have to do all of these 15 different things. Um, and so, so I think that's that's really been for me one of the best parts about sort of how, how the Gap Year community has has responded, um, um, and then the innovation, right? Offering domestic programs um, in many ways, sort of to, to tail end on what Julia was opening earlier, um, um, the Gap Year has has too much so, and and I say this with some grains of salt, been been sort of overly sort of directed on international sort of places, and and it's sad to me because that's both not accessible to a lot of youth. But it's also entirely unnecessary. Um, I remember when I took my gap year, um, um, I, I left for seven months. I came back. I had a bunch of adults come back and they say, well, well, that sounds great. But couldn't you have done those great experiences sort of at home? And, and for me, the honest answer was no. I, I needed to go out of my comfort zone discernibly in order to have the growth that I needed. Um, um, could I have done it at home? No. Could I have done close to that through other experiences in my own country? I, I probably could have if I had been creative enough. And we've seen a lot of creativity on the program side and on the youth side. Um, so all of that has gotten sort of, um, um, I think, some good press, some good publicity. I've, I've been thrilled to see the way that the Gap Years entered the U.S. lexicon more um, and eager to see how it, it sort of grabs purchase. Um, um, but all of that is is sort of the the here and now, and I think a lot of the future of these conversations are really at the the intersection of of higher education, experiential education, and career. Um, as as a lot of now youth are, are sort of increasingly questioning college and the value of college. Um, 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 college is still a great experience; it's still a great value for the vast majority of youth who do it. Um, um, but a lot of youth are out there and saying, you know, I, I, I'm eager to just get to, to life. I want to, you know, uh, uh, get to a career. Um, and so I've seen sort of micro colleges start to emerge much so much more. So I've seen gap years uh, offering college credit as sort of a pathway and part of college rather than apart from college. Um, um, and I've seen financial aid turn about and say, hey, you know, if, if, if colleges are going to survive this next period, 
Um, and we have to sort of do an about face and really embrace the gap year movement more so. And I've seen that start to take place. So um, it's a really interesting time um, for the movement at large. And I think sort of where it's going to go is, um, is really anybody's guess. But overall, I think um, I'm excited to see some of these existential questions that are starting to emerge around the value of education and how it should, could, and, and sort of ought to be done for each individual rather than thinking about the conveyor belt that education has largely been up until now. How's that for a mouthful? Yeah. <laughs> No, I love it. And I think that it's, I think you're so right about the value of college and how, I mean, you know, Ron Lieber just wrote a book about it and, you know, um, but you know, so many people are, this is, this is a part of the conversation right now is what, what is the value of college and how can students best know what they want out of the higher education and how, I mean, you know, when I go and talk to students and uh, well, in the before times when I would be in front of a whole auditorium full of young people and I would ask the group, you know, who knows what they want to quote unquote be when they grow up and you know like two kids raise their hand and then you know but the real trick question is that no mm. one knows um and and that the question in itself is a real um you know landmine because that's an evolution you know it's not just you just don't discover what you want to be when you grow up that's a ever-changing process um and so it's just such a um bait and switch you know for young people to to both tell them you have to make all these important and expensive decisions about their future without giving them the set of experiences that are going to help really give them assurances that they're making the right yeah. choices yeah the right choices for them whatever success looks like an yeah. investment yeah. yeah and it's so because mm -hmm. some students you know they graduate and, and sort of earning money and stability is is their primary goal great more power to you but i want you to make that decision from an informed perspective i don't want you to regret it and so that means lifting your head, doing a sort of an evaluation. Am I happy? What makes me happy? Um, you know, I, I, I yeah. challenge most people on the call to really ask that of themselves. What makes you happy? And if you don't have a solid answer for that in, 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 in some grid granular detail, then go take a gap year. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And so, you know, based on this, um, this future for the gap year option, that seems like it's definitely, I think that all, all three of us notice that, that the trend is going upwards. You know, we're seeing more students every year opting into this option. There's more also just conversation about it. Um, you know, school counselors are more savvy to how to share resources and, you know, all those kinds of things are, are where they, we want them to be, you know, as far as their, you know, trajectory upward. But, you know, in your mind, Ethan, how is GYA evolving to meet that need? You know, what, what are you guys, what are you looking to do at the organizational level to kind of help yeah. build the movement? Yeah, no, that's future. great. That's great. Um, um, uh, it's, it's a lot. Um, this last year, uh, we've been going mm. fast in a lot of different directions. Um, um, so first of all, is we've got a new website coming out. Um, our website right now is, is circa 1990s, at least the look of it. Um, um, but all of the information is great. And one of the things we've, we've heard from students in the past is that they feel like it's, it's, it's an adult to adult conversation. They don't really feel included. And so the new website's um, specifically geared towards a more public-facing audience. Um, with that, uh, we acquired a great website called covidgapyears.com. I know, great, right? Guess what? The best part of this is it was built by a gapper who took a gap year, and this was part of what he did for his gap year. So how's that for meta? Um, um, we're taking that and we're um, converting that to uh, a public free resource for youth 
where if you did a gap year, you can um, build a profile online, you can put it up online, um, and other students who, who are maybe interested in taking a gap year, they can start sort of ticking off boxes about these kinds of activities, those kinds of interests, and get matched so that you can have some free peer-to-peer, -peer, this is not professional, this is totally low-key, mentorship, just to sort of get a sense for what it is. Is it a good fit? Um, um, what are the options that are out there? Um, um, and there's another organization out there too called uh, Gap Year Lee, who's doing great work in that space too. Same idea, peer mentorship, it should be free. Um, um, so I'm really excited about that. Um, as well, we're, we're cultivating, continuing to cultivate re relationships with um, AmeriCorps and a, a large number of new Gap Year providers. So we've seen our membership roughly double since COVID first hit. And that's been beautiful, um, but it's also been really kind of telling to see how much ingenuity of great programming is on offer. Like, like everything from you know going into a, 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 a historical building in a national park and rebuilding it. I mean, how cool would that be for a gap year to working with developmentally disabled youth, getting paid a weekly stipend, um, um, or, or traveling around the globe um, um, in pods so that you can do online classes in between when you're doing these sort of formative experiences. Um, um, the ingenuity of programs that are out there has been um, really, really inspiring. Um, and then, you know, I think the, some of the biggest stuff that's out there is inevitably going to be in the realm of um, greater access for financial aid and greater translation of the gap year experience into sort of credentials or or uh, sort of bona fide, so that if you did a semester or you did a year, hopefully you can take that to an employer or you can take that to uh, a college and say, see how much more of a, of a rock star I am, um, not only on paper, but in person, um, give me more financial aid, um, pay me more on salary, give me more responsibility. I think all in all, we're seeing these outcomes come true for gap year students consistently through all of the research. So, so put a pin in that and, and let's talk about how excited I am about um, the Gap Year Research Consortium at Colorado College. They've got this bevy of about 20 different colleges, um, um, IVs, publics, large, small, that are all throwing in to do some high quality sort of collegiate level research. So that I think one of the, one of the hardest things that's out there and, and as much as we've been invested in research as an association, there's just not a lot of N, a lot of number of youth out there who are responding because a lot of youth are doing gap years independently, more power to them. But we obviously don't have a way to, to you know, um, um, scoop them up in the same way. And so I'm really excited um, um, to engage with those youth more and more um, as the gap year movement, you know, gets more momentum. Um, I want everybody to take a gap year or know someone who take, took a gap year. And whether it's a service year or, you know, about getting credentials or, or, just traveling or you know doing a road trip across the country. Some people have done that, and it's been a great gap year. Um, um, whatever it is, you know the the choice is yours. Choose your own adventure, right? Yeah, choose your own adventure is, is the is a great phrase. I love it too. I I, I think it's very accurate. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. So I know we have our, you know, maybe educators or experiential program listeners out there, or even potentially just families and, and folks that are, are listening. How can people get involved with GIA, GYA um, in helping to promote this movement? Or like what resources are there out there for folks that are looking to get involved? Oh, great. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, so every year we have um, a month, February, called Gap Year Exploration Month. Um, um, keep your eyes peeled for that. Ever it's heard also of it? At the f <laughs> yeah, I know. You've ever heard of it. I, I don't I don't know. Um, 
Um, yeah, inventor of that on the phone. Um, thank you, Julia, for donating mm -hmm. that to the field. Um, that was Julia's baby that she just offered up in, in the betterment of all because uh, we needed a, a good flagpole, a lightning rod to, uh, to organize ourselves. Um, so that's been a great thing. Um, otherwise, you can join as a member. You can join um, individually for $25 a year. Um, you can join as a program provider. You can join as a counselor. You can join as a high school counselor for $25 a year. Um, um, colleges can join. Um, the idea is we wanted a big tent because this movement as a uh, choose your own adventure, it's really hard to get a certain critical mass of people on board who know what it is because it, again, it doesn't fit nicely into a box. It's not like it's a four year one and done good to go. Um, um, it is as a you know choose your own adventure. So um, so join the GYA as a member. Get access to um, um, we've got this great thing called Mighty Networks where you can liaise and you know ask questions of of, of peers at the same group or in other groups. Um, and then I'd be lying if I didn't say that the, some of the best of the product that's come out of the Gap Year Association has been through our committees. And the committees that we have, I mean, it's just a bunch of really cool, dedicated individuals who are out there saying, hey, you know, this is this is going to change the world. It's changed my life. Let me do it through. And the committees are, you know, standards and accreditation. We've got, you know, diversity, equity, inclusion and access. You've got a higher ed committee, alum committee, research, outreach, sustainability for like climate change. Um, um, we've got a fair trade learning committee that's just dedicated to having equitable relationships with any time that there's some sort of service project going on or exchange going on. Um, I mean, we've got a membership committee. Um, um, it's, it's, it's one of those sort of, I've been surprised at how much community has developed within this group, but I think it's, it's been really galvanized by the fact that, that we're all fairly purely motivated. Um, um, I don't know that I've heard many people out there, you know, pound their chests with their accomplishments. Rather, it's much more that we're pounding, the, you know, our chests with the need for this thing to be out there publicly and more, more, more consumed because it's that good for the world. Yeah, so true. I know, and very few people are in it for the money. <laughs> let's be honest. <laughs> so that, yeah, that increases I, the purity of intentions for sure. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Nobody's nobody's just you know turning and burning to make a bunch of money. Um, right. Um, yeah. Well, Ethan, gosh, thank you so much for being on here today. This was so much fun. Um, and thank you everyone out there for listening. So I'm going to tell you a few places where you can find Ethan. Um, you can find Ethan at the Gap Year Association, um, especially on Instagram at Gap Year Association. Well, Ethan's not usually on Instagram, but <laughs> this, the association is, and they're very active, and we have a lot of young people posting about Gap Year stories and all sorts of cool things. You can find him on the Gap Year Association website, which is gapyearassociation.org, and you can find us on Gap Year Radio on Instagram at Gap Year Radio, on Facebook at Gap Year Radio, or online at gapyearradiopodcast.com. You can also email us your gap year questions or comments at gapyearradio at gmail.com. Yes, thank you, Julia. And lastly, you can download our show wherever you find your favorite podcasts. And if you have a moment, we'd love for you to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts so that more people can discover Gap Year Radio. I think that we should make Ethan do a foreign language sign off. <laughs> yes, I agree. So, all right. So, Ethan, we um, sometimes we do this and sometimes we don't. Depends on the topic. And if the person has been abroad, we usually ask them to help us do the sign off by uh, nice. quizzing them in a foreign language about, <laughs> you know, saying to help say goodbye or thank you, goodbye. So we did not tell you this ahead of time. Um, but 
do you have do, are, do you have a second language that you speak and if so do you want to sign us off <laughs> yes i do how's swahili that's good it has been done before but i'll allow it try it can you find <laughs> okay. can you find a colloquialism uh, 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 Tutau Nana Rafikini is what I was going to say. Otherwise, um, Spanish is the other dominant language that I have. My Hindi is, 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 is really sad right now. <laughs> <laughs> it's been, yes, it's been a hard, a hard year to get you over to India for your, yes. you know, so totally. I don't yeah. think we've had Hindi on the show yet though. So <laughs> that's true. So you'll have to come back sometime and share the Hindi, but for now you can do, let's do Swahili. That's fun. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Well, tutau nana rafikini, yangu, um, na kupenda sana. Mm. Have a great day, you two. Thank you so much for this opportunity. It's been a blast. Asante oh. sana. <laughs> Thank you so Splash much, banana. Ethan. <laughs>